uh, to God this morning. So if we could, uh, yes. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Amen. So last week, Rabbi Michael started this series, uh, as I said, entitled Bo Ruach, as we are counting uh, with anticipation towards Shavuot, which we'll be celebrating on May the 19th here on our Saturday morning service. And um, Shavuot represents the time when the Ruach was initially uh, revealed and poured out on that first century believers as recorded in Acts chapter 2. And he's talk, uh, he spoke on uh, who the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is. And Rabbi Michael encouraged us that the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, he is a person. He's not a thing. He is God. And uh, I listened to the message Monday when I was uh, driving around as my husband went upstate uh, overnight uh, to meet with other uh, leaders in the area. It was a good word. And But this morning we want to continue by looking at the promise of the Ruach. And why is it important for us to understand that this promise was made? Because some people struggle with the person of the Holy Spirit as it relates to the events recorded in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Kepha, also known as Peter, <clears throat> indicated that what took place was the fulfillment of the promise, and another word for promise here would be the prophecy that was made in Joel, uh, Joel chapter 2. So many believers accept that the Ruach exists because he's mentioned throughout the scriptures, both in the Tanakh and in the New Covenant. However, they are skeptical, skeptical about this outpouring as recorded in Acts chapter 2. They can't deny it because it's obviously there in the scriptures and recorded for us, but they're not sure if it is for us today. Other believers believe that it's there the incident was recorded and that the Ruach, he's there for us, but they simply struggle to receive this infilling as demonstrated throughout the book of Acts. So I believe that understanding that this outpouring was prophesied and promised to all believers is key to our receiving the infilling of the Ruach and then to our ability to walk in step with him. Think about it. As believers in Messiah, we look at the prophecies concerning his coming and embrace them and share them as we seek to bring other Jewish and Gentile people to Messiah. In fact, Myrna referenced one of them in her Devar Torah when she talked about Isaiah 53, which speaks about the Messiah and how he's to come and God's uh, plan through the Messiah. And we look at those scriptures and say, wow, Yeshua fulfilled those and we put our trust and faith in him and that we have eternal life. Well, in the same way that Adonai spoke about the Messiah who was to come, Adonai spoke about the Ruach who was to come. Messiah is God. Ruach is God. And they both came to fulfill the purposes and plan that God had for us. And so for those of us who have already received the infilling, I pray that this word would encourage you and this whole series that there is still more. And if you have not yet received the infilling as evidence with the speaking in tongues recorded in Acts chapter 2, that through this series your heart would be open to receive the fullness of what Adonai has for you. 
When you read throughout the book of Acts, and I would encourage you in the the next five weeks uh, so that we have left as we count to Shavuot, to take time to read the book of Acts. Okay, that would be a good place to be reading right now as we lead up to Shavuot and just see uh, exactly what happened uh, in that first century as the Ruach was poured out, not just in Acts chapter 2, but it's repeated over and over again. And we'll look at some of those scriptures even in today's message and in messages that will be coming. Because as you read throughout the book of Acts, we found that this first century congregation experienced fresh encounters and outpouring of the Ruach in their lives on a regular basis. It wasn't just that one-time event in Acts chapter 2. That was the initial, and that's how it's referred to, the initial outpouring of the Ruach on Kepha and the other Talmudim. But later, in other uh, parts of Acts, it says that they were gathered together, and the Ruach fell again, and they were filled afresh and new. So that's why I want to encourage everyone, this time of counting and anticipation is for all of us. If you've already been filled with the Ruach, and speak in tongues, great. But believe that Shavuot 2018 is a time when you're going to go to a new level in Adonai, where you're going to experience a fresh outpouring upon your heart, your life, and your spirit. Amen? So, that's what my prayer for you, my husband's prayer for you. So let's read the passage from Yoel, Joel chapter 2, which Kepher references, verses 28 and 29. Adonai says, after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And also on male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my spirit. What does God promise here? What is prophesied through the prophet Yoel? That his ruach would be poured out on all humanity. Can you say all with me? All humanity. This includes Jews and Gentiles. This experience would not be limited to a certain age group or to a particular gender. Children can and should receive the Ruach HaKodesh. Last week in Junior Shabbat, we taught a lesson uh, on the Ruach. And I want to encourage parents who are uh, here in the sanctuary, if you're listening by podcast, to talk to your children about the promise of the Ruach and help your children to anticipate the coming of Shavuot this year, and that they would encounter the Ruach in the same way it's recorded to us in Acts chapter 2. Personally, I was about 10 years old when I received that initial infilling of the Ruach with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I can see myself right now. I know where I was up at the front as he's praying, and as God just came upon me in a powerful way as we were seeking God around the front of the sanctuary there. So I just want to encourage parents... Your children, if they know Yeshua, they can receive this infilling. They don't have to wait until they're 18, 19, 20 years old. My kids received the Ruach in our home. Uh, one year when we was counting through Shavuot and we was talking about it, it was in our front living room. And I said, do you want to just pray to receive? And they received right there in our front living room. So God wants our children, it says, on your, your daughters and your sons, on the old and the young. He wants all of us to experience this infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. As I mentioned, Kepha referenced this scripture being fulfilled by what took place in Acts chapter 2. So let's go to Acts chapter 2 now and see what happened, beginning with verse 1. The festival of Shavuot arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. 
Suddenly, there came a sound from the sky, like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all, say that with me, all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. What a powerful, powerful experience. Rabbi Michael said in our Torah study on Wednesday night that God is to be experienced. Those believers in Acts chapter 2 had an encounter with the Ruach that forever changed their lives. They had an experience that I am sure they talked about for generations. Just like the generation that uh, received the Torah on Mount Sinai must have talked about that for years to come because it was quite an experience. That is what God wants for you and me, to experience his Ruach as they did there in Acts chapter 2. We need to expect the same in our lives. And the initial sign that they received the Ruach was the speaking in tongues. This tongues were unknown languages to them. Rav Shaul later explains that these tongues could be the language of men or of women. I just want to take time here, and I know this will be discussed in later messages. Oh, men or women or angels. <laughs> it could be the tongues of men or women and angels. Thank you, my husband, for catching that. No one, everyone else just went right over your head, right? To explain this, because, uh, and we'll talk about it again in other messages. We'll keep referring to this. Some people get caught up with this tongues. Rabbi Carol, and I've shared this story before. It just sounds like gibberish to me. I don't think this could be God because, you know, this that makes no sense. My husband and I were standing in motor vehicle over in Hop Hog uh, some years ago, uh, right after Grandpa passed away because we were given his car, his black car, and so we had to get the title and everything changed. So I had to go kill over there. And we're standing in line, and there was a long line, and these uh, two women were in front of us, and they started speaking. And we both looked at each other, and our eyes popped out, and like we said, that sounds like tongues. Obviously, it wasn't tongues. It was a language that they each knew, and they were speaking to each other. But what it said to us is that just because it sounds like gibberish to to us does not mean it's not a language. So I don't want you to be caught up by that. It says that they spoke in in new tongues, languages not known to them. And as Rob Shul says, it could be an earthly language or it could be a heavenly language. So whatever took place there, it got uh, created quite a commotion in the city. And, in fact, the uh, residents and the people around observing this accused the Talmudin of being drunk and of drinking. So not only were they speaking in this language and they recognized, hey, these guys are from Galilee, a lot of them, and they're speaking in my language. Because, remember, Shavuot was a pilgrimage feast, so all the peoples would have come up from the different countries and the different cities. And they hear these disciples speaking in their language. And they're like, how do these unlearned men know our language. And then they thought whatever else was happening, they're drunk. And so Kepha responds to that. Look with me down in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. He says, you Judeans and all of you staying here in Jerusalem, let me tell you what this means. Listen carefully to me. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken about through the prophet Yoel. Adonai says, in the last days, I will pour out from my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
Even on my slaves, both men and women, will I pour out from my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will perform miracles in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon blood before the great and fearful day of Adonai comes, and then whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That promise, that prophecy made back in Yoel, which is around 7th to 8th century BCE, found its fulfillment there in Acts chapter 2 in the first century. And Kepha recognized it, and he said to all those, guys, this is what God told us would happen. He promised this to us, and now we are experiencing this. There are many other passages in the Tanakh that promise or prophesy about the outpouring of the Ruach. We're going to look at a couple of them this morning. Jekeskiel, Ezekiel, chapter 36. Reading verses 26 and 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statue, and you will be careful to observe my ordinance. Again, as Rabbi Michael shared in this message about the person of the Ruach, that he would be there to help us to do what we could not do on our own. As I said, Shavuot also celebrates the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. No one, not one of us in this room, not one person listening by podcast, can live out the Torah on our own. No matter how much we try, we cannot do it. I love the passage of Rav Shaul because Rav Shaul is obviously considered a super, uh, you know, a believer, you know, and, but he says in Romans 7, the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I want to do, I don't do. What a wretched man I am. I'm so miserable because I can't do what I want to do in living by the Torah. But he says, thanks be to God through Messiah Yeshua, who always causes us to walk in triumph. And then when you go into Romans 8, he talks about how Yeshua causes us to walk in triumph, and that is through the help of the Ruach HaKodesh. And as Rabbi Michael shared, and I'm going to look at some of the same scriptures today, Yeshua promised that he had to go away so that the Ruach could come, and the Ruach would be the one who helped us to live out the Torah. Ezekiel tells us the Ruach would cause us to live out the principles And we'll talk more about living by the Ruach later in this series. But I don't know about you, but I need help. Okay? Thank you. At least my husband does too. (laughs) We need help to live out what the Word of God says. And I am so grateful that the Ruach HaKodesh is here to help me. He guides me and encourages me to make the right decisions. When I make a wrong decisions, he directs me to adjust my course. That's why he has been given to us. Look with me in Yochanan chapter 16. In verse 13, it says, When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And later in chapter 14, or earlier in chapter 14, verse 28, He says, Yeshua says that the Ruach will teach you everything that is. He will remind you of everything I have said to you. And this is exactly what Ezekiel told us would happen, that the Ruach would enable us to do what the Torah outlines that we need to do, how we need to live our life, that he would come and be living inside of us. And when he lives inside of us, he's the one that helps us to do 
what God's word says. So Ezekiel speaks this prophecy, promises it, and then Yeshua reiterates that this is what is going to happen when you receive the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. Let's look at Yeshiyahu, Isaiah, Isaiah also prophesied about the outpouring of the Ruach. In chapter 44, verses 1 through 5. Now listen, Yaakov, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says Adonai, who made you, who formed you in the womb and will help you. Don't be afraid, Yaakov, my servant, Yeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows on the riverbanks. One will say, I belong to Adonai. Another will be called by the name of Yaakov. Yet another will write that he belongs to Adonai and adopt the name Yisrael. I will pour out water, he says, and I will pour out my spirit. The spirit is often likened to water. The promise of the Ruach here is connected to the nation of Israel. In fact, it is always connected to the nation of Israel, the outpouring of the Ruach, but not limited as we read in Yoel when he says, I will pour out on all flesh my spirit. So Jew or Gentile here in the sanctuary today or listening by podcast, the outpouring of the Ruach is for every person. And the promise in this passage includes some pretty awesome things. He says, first of all, that we would be released from fear. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you, right? And you don't have to walk in fear. He says that there would be a refreshing. The dry, barren areas of your heart will experience the refreshing waters of the Ruach. And I think this is so important, especially for those of us who might be trying to check out right now because you're like, oh, I already know this Rabbi Karen. I've been filled with the Ruach. Well, this is for you too, okay? This message is for you, okay? And you may have times, we all do, where we go through a dryness in our life and in our spiritual walk. We love God, but it's just dry. It's just not what we want it to be. Well, this this scripture encourages that his water is going to flow on the dry, barren areas. And that means bringing a refreshing to us. I don't know about you, but I like to be refreshed, right? I like to be refreshed and built up. And the Ruach HaKodesh is exactly the one to do that in our lives. So this is a promise that he makes. There'll be refreshing that comes. And he says you're going to flourish. When he gives that imagery of the descendants springing up, this is the abundant life that Yeshua promised, that everything that we do will prosper. Think about it in Tehillim 1. The psalmist says, Ashreha Isha Sherlohalak, blessed is the man who does not walk, right, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scorner, nor stand in the way of the wicked. But his delight is in what? In the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That what? That shall prosper his fruit, right? will be abundant in season and out. How does that happen? He's planted by the living waters. What does the living waters represent? The Ruach HaKodesh. So the Ruach HaKodesh will make us to flourish and prosper and help us to live out again that Torah, to meditate and to do what the word of God says. So this is such an exciting passage for us as believers to embrace and to receive in a fresh new way what God wants to do in our life. And then he talks about restoration and the relationship to Adonai. How could we not want to experience this promise that God has made to us? And then when we come to the new covenant, we know that Yeshua spoke often of the Ruach. 
And as I said, Rabbi Michael shared last week how Yeshua said that I must go so that the Ruach could be revealed to you. So I want to look at some of the last words of Yeshua that he spoke to his Talmudim. First, let's look, look in Luke 24 and in verse 29. Yeshua says, now I am sending forth upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been equipped with power from above. We're going to talk about power in the next message, but catch those words. My father promised. I'm going to send to you what my father promised. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. At one of these gatherings with his Talmudim or disciples, he, Yeshua, instructed them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father promised, which you heard about from me. I told you about this, Yeshua said. For Yochanan used to immerse people in water, but in a few days you will be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh, in the Holy Spirit. What did the father promise? Well, again, going back to the Hebrew scriptures, he promised an outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh. He promised that he would send his spirit to live inside of us. And when the spirit lives inside of us, that, that we would change us from the inside out, transformation, equipping us, and, and all sorts of other good, wonderful things. Although we speak about tongues and that being the initial evidence, that's all that is, the initial evidence. Having the Ruach inside of us is much more than speaking in tongues. And it's not to minimize that because that's very important. But it just is the initial evidence. And then learning to walk and step with the the Ruach has something that we need to develop and cultivate a lifestyle of walking in step with the Spirit. So the Father promised this in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Scriptures. They tell us of the Ruach who is to come, just like I said, they told us of the Messiah to come. So we embrace and receive the Messiah according to the promises and prophecy. And in the same way, we need to receive and embrace the outpouring and the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. And then when we come to the New Covenant, especially to the Bissar wrote the Gospels, they confirm and repeat this promise Beginning with Yochanan the Immerser, Immerser, excuse me. Look with me in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter three, and Yochanan is speaking, and he says, "It's true that I am immersing you in water, so that you might turn from sin to God, but the one coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy even to carry his sandals, and he will immerse you in the Ruach Hakodesh and in fire." Who was Yochanan speaking about? Yeshua. So Yeshua came after him, and Yeshua said, I will give you, right? We just read that. I will give you the gift that the Father promised. That's why he had to ascend to heaven, so that he could give the gift that the Father had promised to you and to me, to the first century believers. Look with me in Yochanan, John chapter 7, and Yeshua is there. This is during the feast of Sukkot, and on the last day of the festival, Yochanan, John seven thirty seven, which is known as uh, Hoshana Rabbah, Yeshua stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him keep coming to me and drinking. Whoever puts his trust in me, As the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from his inmost being. Now, he said this about the spirit 
whom those who trusted in him were to receive later because the spirit had not yet been given because Yeshua had not yet been glorified. You see, you have to follow the sequence of what had to take place. So we've just celebrated Pesach. We just celebrate that Yeshua offered his life up on the tree of sacrifice. But it didn't just end there. He was buried in the grave. But it didn't end there. He rose from the grave three days later. He is glorified, sitting at the right hand of God. And all of that had to take place before Shavuot could happen, before the outpouring of the the Ruach. But Yeshua knew what was happening, so that's why he tried to prepare his Talmudim by speaking of the things that were going to take place, not only about his death, but what would take place after his death and resurrection. So he talked to them here about the, the outpouring of the Spirit, saying that there's going to come a time when the Spirit of God, like the Scripture says, and we read that there in, in Ezekiel and Isaiah, the, the rivers of living water are going to flow into your innermost being. Then look with me in Yochanan, John chapter 14. Yeshua says to his Talmudim, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforting counselor like me, the spirit of truth, to be with you forever. Amen. Yeshua is not here on this earth. We understand that, correct? He's in heaven. So who is here on this earth to lead and to guide us? It's the Ruach HaKodesh, right? And this is all that that has been shared with us in the scriptures. It's the promise that was made. So we need to understand these scriptures so that we can embrace and receive what God has for us. Then in Luke chapter 11, verse 12, Yeshua says, So if you, even though you are bad, know how to give your children gifts that are good, how much more will the Father keep giving the Ruach HaKodesh. Keep giving. Get that? Keep giving the Ruach HaKodesh from heaven to those who keep asking him. How much more the Heavenly Father who is perfect will give the good gift of the Ruach HaKodesh? I love this imagery here. And Last week in the youth class, I also spoke about uh, Shavuot and the outpouring of the Ruach. And... Uh, Several of the young people have not yet received the infilling of the Ruach with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so I encourage them to believe that this Shavuot, uh, that would take place. And I, I talked about this scripture, and I said, it would be like your parents saying to you, I have a gift for you, and I put it on the table. I said, now, if you never went and took that gift, would that gift really be yours? The answer is No. But I, I, I got that gift for you, the parent would say. But if you never take it, it's never yours. It's the same thing with the Ruach HaKodesh. Many people, for various reasons that we've shared a little bit about, and we'll talk about more again as we approach closer to Shavuot, never receive this gift. It's a gift from God. Like the gift of eternal life. And so you might be here in the sanctuary or listening on the podcast and you have received the gift of eternal life because you accepted Yeshua as your Messiah and your Lord, but you hung up on this gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. Well, it's a gift that God is holding out to you today. And it's a gift that he wants to give you and it's a good gift, right? And so he's saying to you, but if you never take the gift from me, it will never become yours. So I want to encourage you to receive the gift that God wants to give you this year. 
I believe and hope that this series will open your heart and eyes and minds to understand more the person of the Ruach and how important it is for you to receive him and experience this infilling with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Many argue that the Ruach, uh, that they received the Ruach when they received Yeshua as their Messiah. Yet the New Covenant scriptures are so clear that this infilling is a distinct experience. And this relates to what we're talking about in the Torah class on Wednesday night. I invite you to join us. We're trekking through the Torah on Wednesdays uh, from 7 to 8, so uh, please join us. But we're talking about the manifest presence of God. And uh, as they were preparing the sacrifices, we're obviously in the book of Vayikra. We follow the weekly Parsha. And, you know, God told uh, the Israelites to prepare themselves because it said because God's going to show up, right? And we talked about the reality that God is everywhere. I mean, God's here, right? Because he's, you know, omnipresent. We, you know, we use our big theological words there. That means he's everywhere, right? But there was something unique that they were talking about, that he was going to manifest his physical presence there for them. In the same way, the Ruach HaKodesh is everywhere, right? Because he is God. But this infilling, this outpouring is a distinct experience that we read about in the book of Acts. All of those in that upper room, if you read in the Bissar Road, and I, I don't have the scripture down, I don't, can't recall it right now, but there's one point where Yeshua breathes on his disciples, and he breathes on them and says, receive the Ruach. But they don't receive this infilling, this gift that was promised in Yoel until Acts chapter 2. But they were born anew. They had a relationship with Adonai. They knew the Messiah. But this was something they had not yet experienced until Acts chapter 2. They did not know the fullness of the person of the Ruach until that experience in that upper room in Acts chapter 2. The same thing happened in Acts chapter 19. And I want to read this passage to you, beginning with verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Shaul completed his travels through the inland country and arrived at Ephesus, where he found a few Talmudim. He asked them, did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh when you came to, to faith? No, they said to him. We have never even heard that there's such a thing as the Ruach HaKodesh. In that case, he said, into what were you immersed? The immersion of Yochanan, he answered. Shaul said, Yochanan practiced an immersion in connection with turning from sin to God, but he told the people to put their faith in the one who would come after him, that is in Yeshua. On hearing this, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Yeshua, so that's their salvation, eternal life, and when Shaul placed his hands on him, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them so that they began what? Speaking in tongues and prophesying. The same thing we read took place in Acts chapter 2. Even when Kepha went to the Gentiles, he went to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. I don't have the scripture up there, but you can look this passage up. Again, read through the book of Acts. Kepha's talking. He doesn't even lay hands on them. While he's talking, the Spirit of God falls on Cornelius and his whole family who are Gentiles, who are God-fearers, the gear, the ones who have put their trust in the God of Israel. And it says that the Ruach fell upon them 
and they begin to speak in tongues as well. In fact, when Kepha is called to give account uh, about what took place to the other uh, Jewish disciples, they're like, what's going on here? He says, look, you take take it up with God. All I know is I just there speaking, and the Spirit of God fell upon them in the same way he fell upon us, and they started speaking in tongues. Awesome, right? All in fulfillment of that promise in Joel chapter 2 that he would pour out his Spirit on all mankind. Yes, Jewish people, but also Gentile people. And the Tanakh speaks of it, and the New Covenant records uh, these events for us. And this promise is for us today. Kepha talks about this is promised for you and for your children afar off. In other words, the generations to come. That includes the generation listening to this message here in 2018. So I want to close with this paragraph from something I was reading about the promise of God as it related to the Ruach HaKodesh. It said, what is a promise? This writer said, well, Webster's Dictionary defines it as a pledge that one will or will not do something, a basis or cause for hope or expectation. He said, we often use that word in statements we make to our children or other people to shore up or undergird or support what we say. And when we fail to keep our word of promise, it reveals something about our character. Well, God's promises, the article said, are unlike our promises because God keeps his word. Can you say that with me? God keeps his word. He never fails to do what he says he will do or will not do. When he makes a promise or gives his word, you can go to the bank with it. You can believe it. He will keep it. It will come to pass. And I know this is hard for many of us because we have all had people break their promises to us. And if we're honest, we have broken our promises to other people at times. And often we project these experiences onto God. But as the author said, we can count on God to do what he said he would do. The scripture tells us in Bamidbar Numbers 13.9 that God is not a man that he should lie. Adonai promised that he would send his Ruach. It is his gift to us. So I want to encourage us to open our hearts to receive that gift this year because the Ruach waits for you to embrace and to experience him. And again, for you who have never ever received with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to believe that it can happen for you this year. And I'm going to tell you, shock of all shocks, you don't actually have to wait till May 19th. I'm just saying, okay? You know, uh, we're going to pray on May 19th for you to receive. But as I said, my children received it during the, the Omer count because we were talking about it at home. And, and I just said, you want to receive? And they said, yes, I prayed, and boom, they received. So you don't have to wait. Today you could receive the infilling of the Ruach, all right? But you have to open your heart. You have to receive the promise, the gift that God has given to you. And for the many in this room and listening to podcasts who have already received the infilling of the Ruach with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want to encourage you to expect more from God this year at Shavuot time. As we've talked about, the Moedim are all seasons that God focuses on a certain aspect of his word and of his character. Not that it's not true the rest of the year, so like Passover is freedom. Shavuot is the Ruach HaKodesh and the power and the liberty that comes through him and the transformation. So wherever you're at in your walk with God, believe that in Shavuot 2018, you're going to receive that fresh impartation that again takes you to that new level and a new transformation in your life and new empowerment. Amen. 
So let's stand to our feet. We're going to close with the ironic benediction. Before I close with the benediction, I just want to encourage you, if you're listening here in the sanctuary or on the podcast, as I mentioned, the Ruach was a, uh, the infilling of the Ruach, encountering the person of the Holy Spirit, was an event that took place after an encounter with Messiah, after receiving Yeshua. And if you've never embraced Yeshua as your Messiah, as your Savior, that's the first step that Adonai wants you to do. Or if you have allowed things to come into your life that should not be there, as the prophet says that, Isaiah says that, then they will come back to Adonai to restore that relationship. So I just want to lead in a prayer here for those in the sanctuary, those listening to podcasts. God loves you. Uh, he wants you to know that your sins are forgiven, and that can only happen through the person of Yeshua. So uh, join me in praying uh, this prayer here. Uh, simple prayer, but it will forever change your life. Adonai, thank you for loving me and providing a means of atonement. I accept Yeshua and his death on my behalf so that my name could be written in the book of life. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with the ironic benediction. And then my husband will close uh, uh, with a song here. We had prayer earlier because I really felt that God wanted to do that at that moment in time. But if there's still someone who would need prayer, we would be available here at the end as well. May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face to shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you his peace. May you walk in the shalom of Adonai. May you experience the Ruach in a fresh new way at Shavuot 2018. Blessings to you. Amen.